The Brandon Peters Show may contain explicit language and detailed plot points. For more information on the show, stay tuned to the end of the episode. Now, here's Brandon. Welcome back to the old space show. I'm Brandon, and this is my co-captain, Jim. Keeping things old and spacious, as always. Uh, This installment of the old space show continues our episode-by-episode travelogue through the second season of Space 1999, where the moon is knocked out of orbit, wandering through outer space, the population of its human-built colony hoping to stumble upon a new home. Today, we are talking about the fifth episode, Journey to Where? Turn down for what? I mean, Journey to Where? (laughs) (laughs) A transmission from Dr. Logan in Texas City leads the Alphans to believe they can finally land back on Earth through a revolutionary teleportation process. The downside is that it is now 2120 on Earth, and the surface has become an unbreathable wasteland through centuries of pollution. The Alphans, though, are intent on abandoning the wandering moon. However, due to a hitch, the Alphan test subjects find themselves in a primitive and hostile environment. It is Scotland in the 14th century where the Scots are at war with the English invaders who kidnapped the Alphan Trio. This was directed by Tom Clegg. New blood! blood. (laughs) This is the first of five episodes from Tom Clegg. He is just a veteran director of British television. I'm going to use that typical phrase. It's written by Donald James, who also wrote The Exiles from this season. And it guest stars Freddie Jones and Isla Blair. Jones, we're going to talk about here a sec. Uh, but Blair, she was previously in Space 1999 as a female alien in War Games. And she was Isabella in the Doctor Who serial The King's Demons during the Peter Davison era. And she appeared in Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade and just loads of British television. Plus, uh, well known and not known. Plus a few good Hammer uh, films. Too. Yes. The Blood of Dracula, mm-hmm. Doctor Terror's House of Horrors. So, yeah. Absolutely. But Freddie Jones, Jim, let's let's talk about Freddie Jones. Who's Freddie Jones? Well, to me, he will always be Thufur Hawat in uh, David Lynch's Dune. But, my friends, he's been in so many damn movies. Young Sherlock Holmes, The Black Cauldron, Firestarter, Crawl, uh, Firefox, The Elephant Man, Juggernaut, uh, Frankenstein Must Be Destroyed, which is a great Peter Cushing uh, Hammer movie. Just an incredible amount of films starting in 1967. His last uh, appearance was in 2015, and tons of movies in between. If you don't know his face, then you've probably never seen a movie in your life. Boom. Uh, but, but Lynch used him a lot in Wild at Heart uh, mm-hmm. as well. You know, so. Yeah, great. I, again, you recognize his face. The only thing about this one is he's supposed to be in New Texas City or whatever, mm-hmm. and he very, very has a very stoic British accent. Right. So, no, it's the future. Um, from the British part of Texas. Right. He plays a character named Dr. Charles Logan, which is the name of the evil president from 24. Ooh. Right by Gregory Itzen. So I was like, oh, ha ha ha. So 
This one uh, opens up a neutrino transmission is being transmitted. <laughs> Can you believe that? A transmission is being transmitted? Who'd this thought? is a neutrino transmission. We are trying to reach you about your car's warranty. <laughs> uh, it's being transmitted to Alpha from an unknown source. When asked to identify themselves, they reply that they are from Tex- Texas City, planet Earth. Uh, Dr. Charles Logan tells the Alphans that a galactic eclipse is moving between the moon and Earth in 72 hours. But if they act quickly, act now, and do as he says, a return to Earth is possible. The Alphans are like, woohoo, but Koenig is like, huh. Mm. Well, first, first they find out it's 2120 AD. Yeah. Right? They left in 1999. Right. So that's way longer than they probably thought they were gone. True. I would think, right? And this part, where, like you said, Koenig is very cautious. He starts quizzing him on Earth trivia. <laughs> right? He's like, funny. who won the World Series in 1958? And then he was like, who was the name of the wife of the first man in space? That's well, not first... what Martin Lando sounds like at all. But <laughs> Walter Winchell has Martin Lando. <clears throat> the funny part about this part is, though, that he says... What is the name of the first, you know, the wife of the first man in space? Because the first man in space wasn't married, Alan Shepard, blah, 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 right? And then he goes, who won the 1998 World Series? And he goes, oh, I don't need to look on the computer for that. It was, you know, the Red Sox, blah, 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 blah. And I'm like, who knows off the top of their head baseball statistics from 120 years ago? Right. Come on. <laughs> really? Yeah. <laughs> That's the one you would know? Oh, He's good. such an baseball. American, too, to be into baseball, you know? Yes, well, the World Series. Wow, you happen to pick the one thing I know everything about. Wow. When Dr. Logan asks if they're ready to start work on the transference dome, Koenig's like, nope. This is when he asks him those questions. Uh, and the rest of the Alphans like, dude, come on. And Koenig's like, all right, we can, we can do this. And then Carla, who is with Dr. Logan, uh, begins to tell them of Earth 2120 that mankind's been forced into dome cities by pollution of the 21st century, um, but with the use of their personal telesensual systems, they can create an illusion of spring in the Rocky Mountains or fall in Old England. Hold on, stop. I think you glossed over an important point here. Yeah, sure. There is a, uh, a, a, a comic relief section that keeps recurring in this episode about Tony and his brewing beer. Oh, yeah, yeah. I was going to touch it. Now, touch first off, yeah. He starts off with like a habit trail with a bunch of radio parts inside of it and a wave machine on top, right? Yeah, with the one, two, three, four. And it's right, like, mm-hmm. right. And he makes a beer and he gives it to to Maya, and she tries it and she turns into Mister Hyde. Yeah, like not just some crazy person, but specifically, specifically Mister Hyde. Hyde. And I'm like, how the hell does she know who Mister Hyde is? Right. Like she's from Zarkon or whatever the hell, right? Yeah. Do they have Mr. Hyde on Zarkon? But um, I, I wrote here, playful banter or awkward dialogue? You decide. Yeah, I had <laughs> down. I said, I think there's supposed to be chemistry between Tony and Maya. I was like, she's doing her damnedest, but he gives nothing. I know, it's hilarious. I also wanted to mention in this episode, uh, Freddie Jones dresses like a Puritan waiter. Yeah. In this episode, he's got like the bib or whatever, but like the longer pants, and he looks like he should be taking my order to appear at a restaurant. And um, and Isla Blair looks like she should be a stewardess on a space flight. Well, she, like has, she has. <laughs> I'm sorry. She has TV. She has TV's Frank. His hair. This yeah. is what she's got. Just TV Frank's hair. Yeah. T- oh gosh. 
Fine. And then there's yeah, so the, she's explaining about how like these the people all live in these domes or whatever on these like little stems. Map, they show these sweet map paintings. A lot of map paintings and models. Their their houses pretty much look like the Jetsons, right? Yeah. Only the cities rather than just a, um you know a building floating up in the sky, or kind of like the Legion of Dune dome, uh from uh um Super Friends. Yeah, um, that kind of floating dome. But yeah, some sweet map paintings there. And like you said, they talked about their quote unquote sensory rooms, right? That's yeah. V. That's VR, right? That they're talking about, you know, be able to. And it's so funny because they're like, well, if we can use this VR, we could go to any nature or whatever. They're like, well, why don't you just go to nature? And they're like, well, because it's all gone. Because <laughs> there is no nature anymore. We killed it all. We can't do nature anymore here on Earth. Nature's gone. Uh, we don't do the nature. And then, um, but the thing they say, this, the line I really liked was, um, they're explaining this to the Alphans. They're like, well, with our, you know, sensory rooms or whatever, who needs nature? And they all they all toast to that. Like, who needs nature? Hurrah! I'm like, what? Right. <laughs> and then we get um, another installment of Tony's uh, brewery uh, um, uh, subplot with Alan making his joke about Tony's beer. Yeah. Uh, joke about his beer as the show goes on. Of course. So we have to, um, they swap an item through the transparency thing to think it, make it, see if it works. It does. And they're like, okay, time for people. And, <laughs> and the people they select is Koenig, Helena, and Alan. And when they're going to transfer. The, the first and second, the first in command, the only doctor, and the best pilot. Yes. Let's send them. Go ahead. So, uh, they disappear, um, but an earthquake strikes when it happens, and they don't arrive in Texas City. They arrive in some location. There's a location shoot in, episode, in season two. I don't think we've had that yet. Well, I have a couple notes here. First of all, I wrote, the transfer device looks like a Lucite photo mat or the isolation booth from an old game show. Right. Like when they put someone in the isolation booth to ask that question they wouldn't hear, right? And then I wrote also... A Dr. Logan's office looks like the boardroom of a tech company that makes only charts. <laughs> yes. Because <laughs> it's like black black lines and checks on the walls. I'm just like, wow, this is, the, what do you call it, Excel, Microsoft Excel as your decorator? What the hell? <laughs> oh, I did note, though, like, with the people who get law, uh, like, Lost out. Um, we have the OG crew here. Helena yeah. Koenig Carter. I was like, wow, that's pretty cool. Like that's I was like, that that's a uh, nostalgia. Is that what that's called? Nostalgia. I guess. So they're in like some lush wilderness place. Uh question is, uh, is if Earth is uninhabitable outside the domes, where are they at? Uh, and they explore. Alan gets attacked by a man with a sword. Koenig saves him, but they go back, and Helena, she gets ill, and she's like... Oh, and, Alan gets attacked by Gimli from Lord of the Rings. Right, exactly. Um, <laughs> they find... Uh, well, when they get back here, she's been captured, and they get taken, and then on Alpha, they're like getting data from medical monitors, knowing that, well, they're alive, but we, we have no idea where they're at. And uh, Dr. Logan's like, we're going to find them, too. We're, we're, we're uh we're going to try to recreate what made them like right. uh, with bombs and see if it makes something I didn't get. Check this out. All right. This sequence, right? Like you're talking, they want to recreate the experience of the quake by using bombs. 
Yeah. They want to try to requake the exact quake by, by blowing stuff up. <laughs> so they do that, and somehow that lets them know that they're still on Earth. Like, oh, they're still there. I don't understand that logic. I played that back three times trying to figure that out. <laughs> like, So the explosion lets us know that they're on Earth. Because they have the, the vital signs letting them know that they're alive. Mm-hmm. But like this is somehow the blowing up and making a fake quake lets them know that they're on Earth. Yeah. I'm not gonna think about it too much. Let's let's move on. <laughs> yeah. So they're recap so Helena's like getting really sick, but there's like something on the wall like a fungus that's like, Oh, that's a we can we can you make a cure out of that, but we need to heat sure. it up. That's how antibiotics work. Yep. Totally. So Koenig and Alan like make a distraction. They, uh, what is up with me? No, no, no. You, you're downselling this. Okay? Create a ruckus? First, they start kicking on the door. Okay? <laughs> They're kicking on the door. They're trying to break the door. They kick on the door and make as much of a ruckus like it says they can. Okay? The guards open the door and rush in. Koenig somehow makes some disco lights happen. Did you see that scene? Uh, like, yeah, he, yeah, he yeah. They walk in and he like waves his hand. And there's like some weird rainbow lights all around him, and they're all mystified by it. And then Alan beats the crap out of them, and <laughs> they run away. <laughs> run away! What the hell is he like a first level illusionist or something? What's going on with that? <laughs> it's total space nineteen ninety nine season two malarkey. It's what I did not get it. it at all. I'm sorry. So it's hilarious though. Alan jumps a guard. Koenig takes another. They go to the woods. And they like start working on the medicine, and Helena sees the moon, and John thinks like she's delirious, gives her the remedy. Then uh, Alan and John look and realize she's right; they must be on Earth at some point in time before the moon left. They're like, okay, so we're in the past. But in a time before 1999. Yes, they are in space 1339. Yes. They're recaptured. They get brought to the table. They get like. They get to like eat and drink with the Scotsmen, or they ask why three Englishmen would be wandering through the forests of Scotland. And when he learns that Helena is sick, he assumes that they have been turned out by some English lord because she has the plague. Yep, and that's the only sickness there ever is. Yeah, to prevent the spread of disease to his people, he commands that they be burned and they're shackled to the wall, and a pyre is assembled before them. <sighs> Koenig's that was the weirdest pyre, too. It was like part of a cave. They were chained to part of a cave, but there was like a giant pile of sticks, but it wasn't really near them. Right. Right. Or they lit like one side of the sticks and they waited because it took forever yeah. for that fire to catch. Right. No, you did. Totally. But like they're doing that. And like, so Helena's got like a, a watch monitor thing that changes colors, and Koenig does Morse code. With it back to Alpha, right? And, and the funniest thing on Alpha, there's like this old, this old bald guy with a mustache, like it's an old code, right? Like, He's the only one you? who's ever heard of Morse code. Alfie. An old code, it's an old code, older code, sir, but it checks out. Right, it's Alfie, the the uh, the never seen before and never seen again crew member. And he looks like he just does not fit in at all with this no, show. No, like, he looks what, like, like he's cleaning what? up the set while they're gone. Right. Not- They'll be there. <laughs> uh, he's not so, even really wearing like the alpha uniform. He's wearing like something else. Yeah, it was just he was just really weird. The message is received on alpha, and the old code recognized and decoded by the computer. 
the information is then passed to Dr. Logan. He and Carla recalibrate the transport for Scotland, 1339. As the flames rise, Koenig, Helena, and Alan are transported back to Alpha. Just in time. Just in time, but not in time, because Logan contacts Alpha to tell them the communication channels will be closing, and Koenig says goodbye, and thanks for trying, just before the eclipse <laughs> severs all communications. <laughs> so sad they're so close to get back to Earth. I can't. They were so close. John visits Helena in the medical center. She says it was a shame of that of all the, of all times they landed in 1339 Scotland. John lists a few worse possibilities. Helena says, with a history like that, who wants to go to back to Earth anyway? And there's another singer that doesn't land. Yeah. Like she says it like it's supposed to be like, ha, 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 ha. but like what? Mm-hmm. Oh. You do. You want to go back to Earth, don't you? Is that the whole point of the show? I'm so confused now. Okay. Right. <laughs> I thought that was the idea. <laughs> but uh, this it's episode not. did give us a hell of a smooch between Koenig and Helena. Yes. Like, keep it, it in the trailer on the set, guys. Oh. No, they're definitely cementing that relationship this, this season. They're going out of their way to make it a thing. So it's not just like a subtle thing. It's a really, they're really going out of their way to make it a thing. Same way they're trying to force Maya and Tony together, even though. No chemistry at all. Yeah. Uh, yeah, this one, um, decent decent little time travel mishap. It was cool to see what happened to Earth after they left. Uh-huh. It was it was cool to see the, the map paintings of the dome cities and stuff. And, of course, the, uh, the big social commentary about how pollution destroyed the planet. Right. So, that uh, was all. It felt like two scripts got combined to one. Like, kind of, kind of. Because it's like, what was the point of the, like, couldn't you have done just an episode where they went to Scotland on accident or something happened and then do another one where there's, like, Earth in the future, but it's just not right? Like, I I don't know. It felt like two Space things. Scotland, that, two things that could have been explored more that neither of them got explored enough. And Tony's beer. <laughs> so oh, funny. Yeah. Oh, gosh. Uh, Tony. Oh, so funny. Tony uh, making beer. Oh, gosh. He's the Tony. best. Tony. Tony's the best. Tony, what a scamp. I don't miss Victor Bergman at all. I do. What a rat. Tony. Tony. Oh, gosh. Uh, so. Oh, well, that with that out of the way, um, that'll do it for another Moon Buggy adventure. Jim, where can people keep up with you and your happenings and your podcasting and all of that wow. stuff? You can sound like so much. Uh, the TaylorNetworkPodcast.com. You can check me there on Nothing's On Weekly. We talk about TV and movie news, keeping you up to date with uh, some fun shenanigans. Also on that channel, uh, the Players Club, our monthly look at video games. Uh, we'll be putting up a new episode of that pretty soon by the time this comes out. We'll be looking at Deathloop and a lot of the other uh, big fall and winter releases. Uh, also catch me on the Walking Dead TV podcast. Uh, we've been uh, watching this show since the very beginning, and we're going to watch it all the way to the very end. And the uh, final season just uh, kicked off, and we're going to be watching it and uh, re- reviewing it and uh, and watching along with you and getting our uh, wonderful uh, uh, feedback from our listeners. So that's at hhwlod.com. All right, excellent. Uh, hashtag Tone IPA. The uh, yeah. 
I'm on Twitter and Instagram, Brand Perky UHD. Written work at whysoblue.com. There's more from the Brandon Peter Show this week, next week, all around. Go back weeks. We got good stuff here. We got Jim and I doing season one. So if you mm. jump in season two and you're like, these guys are so good at Martin Landau Space Adventures, go listen to the first season. And uh, thanks for tuning in. But until uh, next time, Alpha out. Thank you for listening. The Brandon Peters Show is a Creative Zombie Studios production. Produced by Brad Shoemaker and Brandon Peters. Written and edited by Brandon Peters. Announcer vocals by Jessica Olsman. Theme song by Metavari. Web design and show art by Brad Shoemaker with Brandon Peters. All music and clips featured in the episode are property of their respective studios and no infringement is intended. Additional information on this and other episodes at brandonpetershow.com. For any inquiries, press opportunities, or sponsorship, contact mail at brandonpetershow.com. The show is available on Apple Music, Spotify, or anywhere podcasts are found.